What's up, everybody? Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. Uh, I had some stuff fall right here right before the show started. Horrible sign, Rusty. Horrible sign. I, th- I think I had to fix it. I think I got it all fixed back up. But there's two ways to look at where we're, what we got to talk about today, Rusty. Georgia's not SEC champions. Georgia just dropped their first game in the last 16. They had won 16 in a row. Was that a record or <clears throat> no? Nah, they they needed to they needed to beat Alabama to tie the school record, okay. which is 17 straight wins. Uh, that starts over, and uh, we'll see if they can get two more this year. But and I think I want to talk about this first, Rusty. Not necessarily because it's sunshine and rainbows. It's not, and we're going to get into criticisms and we're going to get into why Georgia lost that game. But Georgia's in the exact same place with the exact same opportunity to do what they wanted to do even though they lost the game. And I think that's important to keep an eye on, that if I'd have told you in, you know, as a Georgia fan, if I'd have told you guys on August 1st, May 1st, February 1st, that Georgia was going to be in the playoff as the number three seed, playing in the Orange Bowl, you'd have taken it. So that's where we are, Rusty. Yeah, I mean, everything's still in front of you. I mean, it's obviously it's a – it's a we could talk about that loss and we will talk about that loss, but it is a – it is something that Georgia, I said it in a podcast last week, Georgia needs to beat Alabama, number one. They need to beat Alabama to win the SEC championship, number two. And they need to beat Alabama in that building in December. And they have not done that again. So that's something that, you know, they're going to answer for and those types of things. But on the flip side, everything, everything is still in place for Georgia to win a national championship. Now, it's a two-game season. If you win the next one, uh, likely – my opinion, getting another shot in Alabama. So, um, you, you know, it, it was a tough loss. It was kind of uh, unexpected what the outcome, uh, you know, I don't know that it would, people were shocked at Alabama won. I think they were kind of shocked at the, the offensive output that Alabama was able to get, how the game unfolded. But, uh, you know, with Georgia, I was told, uh, and, I, and Jake, this won't surprise you at all, but with those leaders in that room, I was told it was a very uh, emotional uh Kind of, there were some 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 speeches given by some upperclassmen and and how they felt like the next couple of weeks are going to unfold and what's expected of this team. Uh, not only was expected this team going forward, what's expected final exams, tutoring sessions, little details. You know, you better be focused and ready to go uh, as we everybody comes back together. You know, preparation to to be in Florida, I believe on December twenty sixth for a game on the thirty first. So. We'll see, but, you know, doesn't surprise me. A lot of senior leadership, upper-class leadership, and we'll see how this team rebounds. And uh, I thought it was really important, um, you know, hearing Kirby Smart say, got no reason to believe he wouldn't be telling the truth on this, but that he had te- had players texting him, uh, you know, yesterday, what's the schedule? When can we get back to work? Um, yep. And, Rusty, I'm going to give some thanks to uh, to the football gods and to the University of Georgia football program right now that Georgia's in the playoff, and we're not – you and me and Kip, we're not, like, grabbing and snatching and calling and texting wondering about opt-outs right now. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, my God. Like, I'm so glad that that's, mm. you know, almost certainly – you never say anything's impossible. Yeah. But a 99.99999% chance you're not going to deal with any opt-out discussion and stuff like that. And that's big. Uh, you know, that that's big, too. And, again, Georgia's in the playoff. Georgia's got to play Michigan in, in the Orange Bowl instead of maybe Cincinnati 
in uh, the um, Cotton Bowl. In the Cotton Bowl, right, in the Cotton Bowl. And, uh, you know, that that's probably not exactly where Georgia wanted to be. I think, Rusty, both of us kind of knew going in that Georgia was going to play in Dallas if they got the chance to tell where they wanted to play, just like Alabama's playing in Dallas for mm-hmm. probably the same reasons. Um, you know, South lot, Beach. Lot, lot less distractions. So. A lot less distractions. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, just looking at it, just looking at it from the media schedule point of view, you're bouncing between Fort Lauderdale and Miami and then the, the stadiums in Miami Gardens. Um, the logistics of it all are weird. Uh, but, you know, both teams are going to have to deal with that. You know, both teams, both Georgia and Michigan, are going to have to deal with that. And, uh, you know, maybe one thing that helps Georgia a little bit in this game is they don't – they may feel good about being in the playoffs. They don't feel good about what happened the last time out. Maybe that allows you to get a little bit more focused. You know, Kirby Smart – mentioned something that that I also mentioned post game which was there's some stuff you can learn from a loss that you don't learn any other way. Oh, yeah. uh, you hope you hope if you're a team that you can kind of get through some of those close games and and take the scares the right way. Georgia didn't have that. Georgia ended up getting a loss and uh you know there there are some lessons uh that Georgia can uh learn from that. Rusty, I got a question for you. Something I've been thinking about. Georgia went up 10 nothing in that game on the first play of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Then there might have been an exhale there, a in a in a different, you know, I, sometimes you hear about the here we go again like getting your tail kicked. I wonder if there wasn't a, a you know some a sigh of relief and some here we go again, we're about to roll to another victory. Do you think that, you know, there might have been some exhale in there? Uh early in the game, you know, but you look at that third and two, um that they caught a 67-yard touchdown pass on. And Jamison Williams, which was kind of what we're going to see the rest of the day, was too much for the matchup. I mean, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter who they put on him. Uh, They double teamed him with two future NFL guys. And, you know, you look at that route, and you got to get your hands on him a little bit. But he split Lewis Seen and Keely Ringo, and Bryce Young drops a dime for a touchdown. Yeah, you're you're talking about the touchdown to start the third quarter, right? But I'm talking about – you're talking about excelling early, okay, that touchdown, that 67-yarder, was so early in that game, you knew still, hey, we got a lot of fight left us. Right. In Alabama's Alabama. So, I, you know, if it's 10 or 17 to nothing with five to go in a second, maybe they're thinking, hey, we, we're about to smother another team. Uh, but but at that point in the game, I, I can't see any way other fashion thinking that, hey, we got a four-quarter war on our hand. And, uh, you know, I've seen all kind of people say, hey, they're overlooking, they're reading the papers, you know, these kids, this staff knows there's one team in the country they haven't got over the hump against, and that was a team they played on Saturday. And they've had loss after loss and another loss to that team. Um, so I don't think they were looking ahead. Uh, any of those things, I think when you peel it back, Jake, and I usually try to wait 24 hours, uh, when you peel it back, Alabama beat Georgia almost every phase of the game, except for special yeah. teams. Yeah. They, they beat them. I mean, they they – you name it, they took an L, and they lost a lot of individual matchups. Now, it doesn't mean that's going to happen again, but on Saturday, they lost a lot of individual matchups, and especially, and I mentioned this on the pod last week when we were asked, Georgia's back end was going to get tested speed-wise. Could they run with those Alabama wide receivers? And I'm going to tell you something. Me and you talked about it sitting side by side in that press box. Had John Mechie not got hurt early on, and, and, yeah. and I feel so bad for that kid. Me too, man. 
Me what too. a player, and you don't wish that on anyone. So I hope John Mechie comes back. But but when John Mechie and Jamison Williams was in the game, Georgia had no answer. They had no yeah. answer for, for John. Both I mean, them. you can make all you can make a, the case for Jamison Williams all you want. John Mechie was on the pace to do the same thing. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was on a very good pace. Nine, I think ninety-seven yards receiving in the first half. I mean, he was on pace to go for one hundred eighty something too, and that yeah. that probably played a role in Georgia shutting him down in the second half. I think what also played a role too is Bryce Young was on the move a lot more. Georgia kind of made him run for his life a little bit more a little in the second half uh and, and they couldn't get the stop when they really really needed it they punted it back had it for seven minutes couldn't get that stop uh you know they did a good job of controlling the run game otherwise they did a good job of running the game early i'll tell you i say what i say about the 10 nothing thing not necessarily to say okay well they relaxed or they gave up or they thought they had it in the bag but a but a team that had not faced a whole lot of adversity um over the past three months uh to me that happens, maybe it shakes your focus a little bit. Maybe it kind of, you know, maybe on that next defensive possession, you start smelling a little blood and you smell a little too much. You know, I, I don't know exactly what happened on that play. Um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to coach 30, these yeah. kids, that guy that puts out those videos. But, you know, I think he was on to something a little bit there with Lewis Seen kind of sucking up onto the drag route. And, you know, what happens if Lewis Seen stays home on that play and Bryce Young has to pull it down and Georgia gets a stop there? What happens if, if Georgia's able to fall on that fumble and prevent Alabama from getting the two for one at the end of the first half? You know, a little bit of happy hour there for Alabama. You know, it's tough to say, but Alabama outplayed Georgia. Alabama came into that game focused. Alabama played really well. And like you said, I don't think they outclassed them. And, yeah, there were some times when Jamison Williams just outran the defense. But there were also some times where Georgia just wasn't where they were supposed to be, where they lost track of a guy. And that ta- that brings me to the quarterback situation, Rusty, because Stetson Bennett's getting a lot of blame. Mm-hmm. And – I understand it. I don't completely agree with it, but I understand it because it's a fact of life that in today's college football, if you want to win a championship, you're really well served. You've got a margin for error if you've got a quarterback that can help you win a shootout. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you come into that game thinking Stetson Bennett throw, dropping back 50 times, which is which is what he did. He didn't throw yeah. it 50 times, but he scrambled around for a few. He took a couple sacks. They dropped back to throw that football more than 50 times. That's not a recipe for success. Rusty, I don't care who's at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Take JT Daniels at his very best. Take Stetson Bennett at his very best. Take you know Bryce Young at his very best. I don't care who's at quarterback. You're you're gonna have a tough time. I'm not saying you can't win it, but you're gonna have a tough time winning the football game if you go five straight possessions where you give up four touchdowns and a, and a, and a field goal. Twenty four. You're gonna points. have a tough time winning that game. Where they go, twenty four points in a row in Georgia. Twenty four. Twenty four points in the second quarter. They went seventeen points in a row. They, went, they outscored Georgia thirty one to seven in a in a like a seventeen or eighteen minute span there in the second and third quarter. And listen, I'm not saying. That that Stetson Bennett couldn't be Stetson Bennett made two boneheaded mistakes that really hurt Georgia. Stetson will be the first to tell you that. Stetson missed some throws. Uh, he didn't he he didn't play perfectly. He didn't play great. I think he played okay. I think he did some good things to help Georgia in that game. Um, but and I also think Georgia's taking a knife to a gun battle if they've got to try and win a shootout with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. As much respect as I've got for the kid, it's, it's going to be tough for him to do that. But I think it's going to be tough for any quarterback to do that if you don't play at least a little bit better and challenge a little bit more on defense. There's no doubt. Now, here's here's I'm going to go 
two things with you, Jake. Um, I'll, I'll address the Stetson Bennett deal here. And Jake, if you told me he was going to throw for three, what, 47 and three touchdowns on Bama, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Georgia's going to win that football game. That was something, something really good happened, but he had two critical turnovers. He had a red zone, um, you know, and I've seen people say that wasn't his fault. I, I don't know the tape enough and, and the, what the route was there. Uh, I, you know, somebody mentioned on Twitter, I'm an, an analyst from SEC Network, that that Brock Bowers quit on that particular route. Don't know, okay? But I do know that he walked into that pick six. He stepped in there and threw, and they jumped the route. It was very similar to what Chris Smith did against Clemson uh, for his pick six uh, against them. He jumped the inside, a little slant, and jumped it. So, you know, and he almost did that same thing on the first play to get on the first drive the of the game. Almost did the first so, thing. Got that needs to be brought up. I don't want to absolve him of everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he yeah. could have easily thrown three picks in that game. For me, you've got two sample sizes of Stetson Bennett versus Alabama. Okay. And you lost both games by 17 points. Now, saying that, does this staff believe they can run the ball better to create better situational throwing? Because when, when Stetson's rolling, it's play action. It's bootleg. It's working him outside the pocket. You know, there were plays he made the other day. Some of his best plays were avoiding a sack and getting a two-yard gain, where if that's JT Daniels, it's second and 16. And with, with Stetson Bennett, it was second and nine. Because or had- or I'll counter with this. Or, you know, JT playing the game the way that he does, the ball comes out quick and, yes, no, you know. Yeah. I, I, we don't know that. You know, we don't know what the decision is going to be made from from the people that don't want Stetson Bennett. I'll say they've got two sample sizes of him. Okay, now we have to say both sides. Now, can the Georgia staff go? You know what? We've got to do this better to help him get a better chance. And it was a different defense he faced the other night than he did last year. Uh, I thought they played well. I think Georgia has to run the ball a little bit more, be more consistent running the football. Uh, but they got out of their game. When 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 they couldn't stop Alabama, Jake, they got out of their game. They, they did. got out. They got out of what and and not Georgia didn't say, hey, let's get out of it. Alabama made them get out. So let's make that clear. I think seeing the reactions after the game, I understood it was going to be heated. Me and you both have been in this business long enough to know there's going to be a lot of but as the time goes on, and I got a chance to watch the game again last night. You got to tip your cap to Alabama, man. They made some plays. I mean, Georgia was br- – here's one thing. I want you to go back and watch because Georgia had no sacks. But go back, if you can, and watch how many times Georgia knocked Bryce Young down. They got him. They hit him. The kid kept getting up and making plays. You got to tip your cap, man, at some point. This guy was a five-star for a reason. Now, can Georgia, if if they rematch – change up some things, you know, they got to get their hands on the receivers a little bit more, you know, um, and, and playing without Mechie is going to be a little bit different, you know, because that, that guy was a problem for Georgia. So how are they going to match up? Who's going to play star? What different look they're going to give? All that is to be determined. They've got a huge game against Michigan first before potentially getting a matchup. But I think the staff at Georgia is going to have to make a decision of, can we think we can put together a better package? Are we going to trust running the ball more? Are we going to trust our defense to keep us in the game a little more and come with a, you know, a little tweak package against them? Uh, only time will tell there, Jake. I agree. Let's take a break here real quick, Rusty. We're going to jump into some more of this on the other side. we got a question in the comments, Rusty, asking if we're going to talk about Michigan. I hadn't gotten into that one yet. 
I hadn't I hadn't really jumped into Michigan yet because we got so much time to do it. I will say this though, um, real proud, real happy for my man Mike McDonald over at Michigan, a double dog, uh, you know, undergrad and graduate student at the University of Georgia. Worked under Todd Grantham as a GA. Uh, went to the Baltimore Ravens as an analyst. Became a uh, became a defensive backs coach and a secondary. I'm sorry, a linebackers coach there for the Ravens, and now he's the defensive coordinator at Michigan. Mike and I coached together uh, at Cedar Shoals High School back in, uh, I think it was 2009, I believe. Um, real proud of that dude because uh, it seems like, you know, the addition of him has helped that culture and has helped that defense, and Michigan's playing good football, and Georgia's got a challenge ahead of it. Uh, early thought on that is Georgia matches up well. I love I, – I'll be honest with you, I, I think it's a great matchup for Georgia. I do too. I, I do too because I, I think that – I mean, Michigan's defense is really good. Uh, but but Georgia is is you know when Georgia's focused when Georgia's locked in against the run Georgia can stop the run. You look at Alabama, Alabama, and Brian Robinson, the warrior that he is, and I I said he was, and God Almighty did he not put that foot forward on Saturday? He carried the football twenty two times against Georgia. Georgia did a good job containing Alabama's base run game. It was Bryce Young getting three carries for forty yards that kind of put them over the top. Uh, there as far as the run game goes but Georgia Georgia's still the same run defense that we they've been all year and Michigan really needs to be able to run the football to be successful they ran it against a good Iowa team uh, but but Georgia is really good against the run and I like the matchup for Georgia so Rusty you you hit on some stuff as far as um, you know tweaking a package and doing this stuff I want to get your thoughts on this I think one of the one key for Georgia one way or the other, whether they end up replacing some guys or making some personnel changes or whether other guys just kind of get better. They're going to have 15 practices. They're probably not going to use all of them. Almost nobody ever does. But they're going to have probably, what would you say, three to five, three or four camp-style practices here where they work on fundamentals, where they get everybody reps, where they, you know. I think one thing that Kirby Smart and company will do to an extent i don't know how heavily but i think then and they would do well to do is you almost open some things up you tell some young players like kamari lassiter and javon bullard david daniel hey guys you're not freshmen anymore you hadn't been freshmen for weeks go out there and compete for a job go out there and try to win that star job go out there and try to win that dime job Go out there and try to win a job because we're going to give you a chance. You're going to have about five practices to show what you got. You see that coming? Absolutely. I mean, they 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 can't. Here's the thing with, with Stetson in the offensive package. You know, you can tweak those things and maybe that's the decision they're going to make. If this is we're going to do a little bit more defensively, they can't come with the same package because that didn't, that didn't, there was that was as bad as look as me and you have seen Georgia in a while. Me and you were shot because we had an elevated view. TV had a little bit of view, but me and you had an elevated view. And we're like, where the guys are running wide open. I mean, yeah. complete busted coverages. I mean, there were times where Bryce Young was under pressure and his check down throw was for 30, 35 yards because there was nobody in the neighborhood. So those are things you can fix and you got to fix, but you got to have I don't know the answer, but I'm telling you right now, they've got to be able to get their best speed and physical guys they can get on there. And it was pretty obvious they went with um, William Poole over Latavius Brini at Star, and because uh, he's you know he's 
got the corner background in him. Um, you know, there were some times he had some busts, so maybe that's something you you try to fix. But um, you know, when you look at all that, I, I think that um, I think defensively, you know, you've got to you got to look at that package real hard. Uh, and, and what would you what would you do if there was a rematch with Alabama? Yeah, for sure. And uh, one of the things I'm interested to see, Rusty, is a little time off um, for finals and stuff. You've got a lot of 300-pounders play a lot of football this year, maybe get their legs a little fresher. Um, I, I really believe one of the big things that Georgia ran into on Saturday was the inconsistency of the regular pass rush because Georgia – you know, you look and you see Channing Tindall with a lot of sacks and you see Nicobe Dean with a lot of sacks. Georgia's not a, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa cover two type team where they get pressure with front four and sack you a bunch of times, but they affect you. And I looked over to you at one point, Bryce Young had a guy open on a crossing route. Georgia had pushed the pocket in his face and he overthrew that crossing route. I said, they finally shrunk the pocket on him. Yep. Yep. Um, they got to have more of that. And, you know, I wonder I wonder if some time to kind of regroup and Devontae Wyatt and and Jalen Carter and uh, and Jordan Davis, maybe a little bit more Julian Rochester, who made a big play late in that game to kind of help get them stopped on that last drive. He actually had to tackle for a loss. Uh, you know, the oldest man to ever have a tackle for a loss in a college football game, Julian Rochester. Yeah, that's a trivia question one day. Uh, but, yeah. Um, you, know, uh, you know what Bama did? I liked they worked space really yeah. good and they made those defensive linemen run this way they did how many they times did. we see the bubble the flare to jameson williams in motion i thought alabama did a great job of pre-motion to determine what georgia's in yeah and then they threw the ball in space and they made those big guys run and come yeah. third quarter there were some hands on some hips so you know with that, you saw what Alabama's going to do to you, and with that, you got to you know you got to bring that depth in. You got to be able to say, hey, maybe Jordan Davis don't play on second down. Maybe we got to get somebody in there can can that can get some move because Jordan Davis is primarily that run stopper. You know, let's take on two guys, but you know, I think you got to give some credit. You know, I don't think people really want to give Alabama as much credit. Man, they played their ass off on Saturday, and it doesn't mean that Georgia can't in a rematch. But on Saturday. Alabama was ready to freaking play, and they had a chip on their shoulder. They were tired of hearing about Georgia being number one in the country. That was pretty obvious with what Nick Saban said in that press conference. You know, and there's something I've always said about seniors, and and I'm going to bring this back full circle. Something I've always said about seniors is when you have seniors on your football team, there's a certain level of urgency there that you just can't you can't manufacture it. Yeah, you can't. You just there's there's nothing you can do to make up for it because they know it's the last go round and all that stuff. I think that you can also say that for a team fighting for its life. That's right. And Alabama was fighting for its life. And I'm not saying at any point, Georgia was like, ah, the SEC championship game doesn't matter. I mean, I think Kirby smart showed you how much the SEC championship game mattered to him that with a chance to kick a field goal and go down 11 and make sure he stayed in that ball game, he went for it on fourth and nine. So they 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 were in it to win it at that point. I thought that was a we got to try to win this ball game, guys. So you know I, Georgia was in that to win it, but Alabama had that little bit of extra juice. And you know I'm not so sure that if Georgia and Alabama meet again, and listen, they got to get through Michigan first, and that's not a gimme. Georgia's favored, I think, by seven seven and a half early on. But if Georgia gets through Michigan and gets to the Alabama game, I wonder if 
because I, I, I think Alabama's going to handle Cincinnati. Cincinnati may be able to challenge them a little bit, but I think, you know, Alabama's probably going to win that one. Georgia's able to get back to that Alabama game. The script might be flipped a little bit. You know, you know the, the, that, that, that good rat poison Nick Saban was talking about. You know, maybe you know, Georgia gets a little bit of good rat poison. And we cover this team. So for us, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity. And for the people on this YouTube right now and everybody checking in, we see all you guys and thank you for a Monday morning. But I'm watching so many shows last night and I'm watching so many shows this morning. And nobody wants to see Georgia and Alabama play again. I mean, they're, they're like, oh, no. You know, I watched uh, Heather Dennis, one of the ESPN announcers this morning. They asked her, you know, hey, what do you think? And she goes, I think it's going to be Georgia and Alabama. You know, it pains people to, to yeah. these two SEC schools. They're going to go to Big Ten country and play. Now, Georgia has to beat Michigan and Alabama has to beat Cincinnati. But both are pretty heavy favorites going to those games. But I'm just saying it was kind of – to me, is like, oh, man, nobody wants to see these two teams together. These two fan bases do, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how unfolds in the national uh, media as this game, if that game does happen indeed. Well, uh, Rusty, getting ready to end this thing, but I want to say something to Georgia fans real quick. I get it. I get the emotion. Um, sure. Sure. I think I think everybody needs to, you know, put this, this opinion that Kirby Smart's trying to prove a point or ego – or, or uh, you know, that he just likes Stetson Bennett more or all that stuff. I think you need to put that in a trash bag. I think you need to double bag it. And mm-hmm. when they come pick up the trash this week, make sure it's there for them to pick up because that's just not the case. I mean, I, that, Kirby Smart wants to win. And I'm not saying he's always right and he's infallible. He's not. I've, I've critiqued Kirby in the past. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of joke about the fake punt a few years ago against Alabama. Like, what in the hell were you doing? Oh, my goodness. But, but – um, when it comes down, down to this decision, I don't think it's ego-driven. I, mean, I know it's not ego-driven. It's not ego-driven. It's not I'm smarter than anybody. It's not I like stats more than anybody. It's just that, you know, right now, based on all all that they have and all that they've seen, you know, to this point, Stetson's been the guy. Does JT Daniels turn a corner, find a spot that he can get in and challenge for that job? We'll see. But like I said earlier, I don't care who your quarterback is, you're not giving yourself a very good chance to win if you don't play better around them than what Georgia played on Saturday. And Georgia, Alabama played really well, and they forced Georgia to play bad in some situations. But Georgia played bad all on their own, all of their own fault in a lot of situations too. Uh, And and that's just the way it goes. And, um, you know, it's in the books. Pick your head up, folks. Georgia's in the playoff. Georgia's Georgia's, – you play all season. You start the season, Rusty, wanting to get into that two-game season at the end of the year. Yep, we just got a two-game season going on now. They hope it's a two-game season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a one-game season to start and possibly two. It's where you want to be. And uh, I, I think there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to break down. There's a lot to get excited about. So flush it, man. Flush it. Get ready to support your team and have a good time because Georgia's going to the playoff. And like I said several years ago when Georgia was in it 2017, Rusty, and all those folks were saying, we're playing with house money, Rusty. We're playing <laughs> with house money because we're going to be here for the given – Hey, you're back for the first time in four years. It's hard to get here. Enjoy it while you're here. That's right. And you know, it's Bama. You know, you don't. We don't have to to shy away from it. It's the game that Kirby Smart needs to win is to beat Alabama. Okay. And if he plays them again, it's going to be in a national championship. So, um, but you take away this Alabama stuff. What Kirby Smart has done at Georgia is incredible. I mean, if they add a Orange Bowl victory, that would be what a Rose Bowl, a Sugar Bowl, an Orange Bowl, 
uh, an SEC championship, playing for the SEC championship four times. I mean, it's it's incredible what he's done. Kirby Smart will be the first to tell you. I guarantee you he knows, and he wants to beat Alabama as bad as anybody on this channel right now. Uh, he's a competitor. Dude's driven like nuts about winning a national championship at the University of Georgia. That's important to him. His wife played basketball at the University of Georgia. I mean, it is bulldog blood in that house. So we're not shying away from that. We know that's the next step. But what Kirby Smart has done, Jake, since 2016, since that Liberty Bowl win, has uh, it, been an incredible run. And, and what he is stacking roster-wise at Georgia, they're going to be a threat every year to be at this point. Oh, that's right. And John Gibson says, I want to point this out. It says, Weir's fans not letting Kirby off on this quarterback situation because he continues to choose a less talented quarterback. Listen, I'm not saying let Kirby off the hook on anything because Georgia goes out there and loses to Michigan and they look as unprepared as they look defensively. So on Kirby, it all comes back to the guy with two commas in his paycheck mm-hmm. and has a big old nice office, okay, and people throw money at him to build those big, new, nice buildings, okay? Oh, yeah. That okay. guy makes that money because he's the head of the program. I'm just telling you, it's not an ego thing. It's not a – It's not a. I like this guy more than I like the other guy. It's not Stetson Bennett's also from South Georgia, just like I'm from South Georgia. It's none of that conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat BS, okay? It's to this point, what they've seen, they feel like Stetson gives them a better chance to win. And, that, and listen, that's that's their decision to make. I don't see it. I don't see what they they get a chance to see. I think JT Daniels, best version of JT Daniels, and I think Rusty would probably agree with this too. You take you max JT out to 100%, he's Georgia's best quarterback. Georgia felt that way to come into the season, okay? Mm-hmm. But I want to see a health, I want to see a healthy JT. I mean, yeah. We got a chance to see him late in the last year and I mean, they played Cincinnati kind of with a half roster type deal. He comes in and plays Clemson, doesn't play great. We find out he was hurt. Like, I want to be able to see JT Daniels, a fully healthy JT Daniels, against a good team because I haven't seen it, in my opinion, because he hadn't had the entire roster around him. He didn't, he played pretty good at times and not great against Cincinnati. I want to see, I want to see the sample size. But again, I don't make that decision. And I know, um, you know, that's going to be a point of everybody asking us about us, us about that situation. But all we can go with, all we can go with is what we see every week, and that's their trotting Stetson Bennett out for every single minute of every game. And this team won 12 in a row. They got a bad taste in their mouth right now, and they'll prepare like it. And a lot of times, good teams with a bad taste in their mouth, they prepare a little different, and mm-hmm. they get it going. And we'll be back. We'll be back to break down the Michigan game. We'll be back to talk about recruiting because – what in the world, Rusty? Early signing days here. It's coming. If you're so not watching got- Dogs 247 right now, we're doing daily updates. Kirby Smarts, we already confirmed three visits today. I mean, those guys, whew, nonstop. Yeah. That's why they make the money. Yeah. That's why they make the money. Uh, and uh, we'll have it all covered for you over at Dogs 24-7. Subscribe, Dogs 24-7 on YouTube, Junkyard Dogcast. We want you to come back. We'll see you later on in the week. But for this episode, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. He's Rusty Mansell from the same place. Y'all take it easy.